Hello, welcome back to the Nothing But Bricks podcast. Uh, before the episode starts, I just want to say thanks to everyone who watched the One Excellent Scene video I released on Friday. It really means a lot that so many people have seen it and enjoyed it. Um, don't worry though, I'll still ma- be making brick films in the future. Um, I haven't given up on them. <laughs> I just wanted to try out a new type of content. Uh, so yeah, the the response to that video is just super positive, and I couldn't be happier with how um, everyone reacted to it. So thank you to everyone who did watch it and um, interact with it. Um, but in this episode of the podcast, I sat down with Stephen of A Chronicle of Echoes, uh, the podcast that he hosts. I'll leave a link to that in the description, so definitely to go check it out. Uh, Stephen is an overall LEGO enthusiast and LEGO set collector. Um, I had a lot of fun recording with him because we agreed on everything that we talked about basically. So without further ado, here's this week's episode of the Nothing But Bricks podcast. Welcome to episode 8 of the Nothing But Bricks podcast. Today I'm joined by Stephen. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, so to start off, um, I guess we could talk about uh, Lego Discwor- Discworld. Okay, uh, that is a <laughs> topic I am fairly familiar with. Uh, Discworld is a fantastic book series, and there is a Lego petition that was going around some time ago trying to get that made. And I think that would be a good thing. It's, it's just there isn't a lot of variety when it comes to Lego sometimes, I feel. After we get a set like DC, Marvel, now the new, what was the one, the, uh, I can never remember the name of that game. Oh, Overwatch. They have the Overwatch series, they go through the whole series, and then either it continues in that series or it pitters out, and it's harder to get the different series involved, and I'd like to see something like Discworld or, you know, uh, just not a traditional Lego setting. Cool. Um... Yeah, I I definitely noticed that they, once they start on a certain franchise in there with sets, they just kind of keep milking it uh, until people are kind of tired of it. That that is very true. Or or they do really obscure things. They did the, uh, what is the name of that show? Goodness, I'm having trouble remembering all of a sudden. Uh, Oh, Big Bang Theory. They had the entire series of that with a cast and... I know there's a following for that, but it just seemed like a weird choice to have that be a Lego set as opposed to something that offers more world building. Um, that sounds like a very bizarre concept to have Big Bang Theory as a Lego set. Well, it, it, I think it was just the immediate cast and like their little apartment. It wasn't a huge thing, but it... it it seems to me that there are worlds that Lego could capitalize on if they got a hold of them. Like what they've done with Minecraft. They took something that is essentially Lego itself and they built on that and added more pieces to it and tried to create a setting for that in Lego. And I think it worked really well, but I just I can't I can't imagine some of the obscure things they do selling nearly as much as they they, they would. Especially that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the Minecraft sets were... Uh, yeah. Um, 
definitely not as great as they could have been in my opinion because like minecraft is like you were saying basically lego anyways when you're playing it so there's not really any point in getting the, the lego sets but um there was something that i didn't have written down that just popped into my head but um speaking of like lego messing things up uh, the the lego mario sets seemed to disappoint a lot of people after they were announced uh, did you hear about them i have not heard about that uh, i i could see that how that would be upsetting to people though i feel like lego now has gotten into well this is already popular enough that we can do a set and that's how they continue to go whereas i feel like early on things like the lego batman when it first came out that was a heck of a chance there that they took yes batman's popular but they they didn't really have that base set up yet and they took that chance and it turned out really well and i don't know i, I can't see lego mario i just because how would you do multiple sets would it just be the different levels i, I yeah I, i'm not sure on that one um, well, the the reason people were angry at them was because instead of actually making like sets that people thought they were going to make, they um, made some kind of like interactive level thing, and they made a whole new uh, type of figure for Mario, and it it's like a big bulky, weird looking thing. But I I think people were just trying to like get regular Lego Mario <laughs> figures because. Uh, <laughs> They, they weren't made before well i'm gonna take a look at the lego mario right now uh we'll get this in real time me reacting to whatever this is oh oh no oh no yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can see why people are upset about that oh man that is that is rough yeah yeah um <laughs> yeah um... oh no yeah, I saw um, a post on Instagram where you can take the the arms off him and put it on an actual figure. So just like a, and then put the smaller arms on him. So he'd have tiny arms and then a figure could have his bigger, bulkier ones. Oh, oh, oh man. Uh, that seems like it'd be a fun time to play with. I, I don't know. That's, that's, that is a crazy set. I wouldn't have expected that. Man, they are making weird decisions. Yeah, like it had the potential to be like a Mario Maker type thing where you could build like a set out of whatever pieces they gave you that look like Mario, like pieces from the Mario game, and then you could just use the figure whatever way you wanted. I think that would have been a lot of a cooler concept than what they did. Yeah, I, I, I'd i be excited to see how these sell and whether or not they try and revamp Mario after that point in time. Sometimes I wonder whether or not they have testing involved with some of the products that they have, but um, I, I don't see this one I don't see this one making its way into my collection. <laughs> yeah, um, they, they also just announced, um, I think it was the a Lego NES set where it's like you can build the the TV and the NES. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I did see that. It looked it looked interesting. Um, I know that it was just, you know, you could move him around there. I, I think that's a really cool thing to have. If I had an entire room to devote to Lego, I would probably have something like that. I have, uh, at the moment, 
I've got to figure out where I'm putting my Lego in the new house that we're moving into, and I'm not sure. I've got to, I've got, I may have to make some cutbacks. I think. Right. Um. So, what would be your favorite kind of uh, type of? What's your favorite type of Lego that you'd have? I'm really big on the Marvel and DC sets. I'm super big into superheroes, and I've had those for some time. Uh, I, I remember there was an ancient Egyptian set that they put out not too long ago. That was the last one before DC Marvel that I was really into. And it was like a revamp of all the ones I had as a kid growing up. And I really enjoyed that set. And then I got into DC Marvel, and I've done just a ton with those. I remember uh, just wanting to initially collect the characters and have them for a big Lego. Either I was going to do a battle or like a street scene of all of them and just have fun with it. And so that's why I was initially purchasing them. And then I purchased the Captain America Hydra vehicle that came out that year. Um, let me take a look for a moment. Uh, yeah, it was Superhero Captain America versus Hydra, and it was a tank that had Red Skull in it. And I fell in love with the way that the tires moved in that, because all the tires are built in a tread system. <laughs> and so when you would run over other bricks, it would actually adjust the height of the tires, and uh, I was just <laughs> completely, completely enamored by that ridiculous aspect of them, and I would use them a whole bunch. Uh, so... <laughs> That is one thing that I really enjoy is is getting into those Legos. Although I will say, I, sometimes I hate it because uh, there have been spoilers in the Lego sets for the movies, and I'm like, oh no. Yeah, definitely. But um, it's actually funny that you mentioned that uh, specific set because um, I got that set years ago as well, and uh, I used the Captain America figure to make my first Lego stop motion video. Oh, fantastic. That is, I'll have to take a look into that. I remember getting that one, and I think I took the motorcycle from that one, and I repainted it, because I had three or four motorcycles at that point in time, and I took one of them, and I repainted it a nice uh, silver and chrome, and that was the first time I'd actually taken the time to repaint Legos. That was the start of a much bigger problem. <laughs> so would you, like, repaint minifigures to make them like your own custom minifigures? I, I want to, but I haven't as of yet. I have quite a collection of duplicates for that reason. I intend to do so, but every time I think about painting a minifigure, I get nervous and I'm like, I'm going to mess it up. I, I took one Iron Man suit and attempted to do it. Uh, and I was going to have an entire collection of all the different Iron Man suits. And I just couldn't, I didn't feel comfortable doing it after the first couple of touch-ups and hitting it with the, the airbrush and all of that. I was just very nervous, and it didn't come out the way I wanted, so I haven't done one since, it, which is uh, unusual, because normally when I start something like that, like I've painted other Legos, no problem to fit my needs, but for some reason the minifigures, as soon as I messed up on it, I don't want to touch them anymore, and I, I do intend to go back. I have... Other ones that I want to augment as well, there's a Superman that I want to go through and drill out the eyes for, and then put a red LED inside the head, so that way when you, uh, you know, wire it properly, it looks like he's actually using his heat vision, and I wanted to melt bricks and things like that for that as well. I just, 
I, again, that one mess up <laughs> kind of painted the whole thing. Right. Um, I, f I follow a few um, like custom Lego figure designer people on Instagram, and um, a lot of them got into it from like painting over the the generic clone figures from Star Wars, because like they're you you just like get a blue highlighter or something and then like color in their helmet to be like a different trooper type thing. So I thought that that was a really interesting way to get into that kind of stuff. That I mean I I could definitely see that being a way to do that. Because a lot of, there, there is an excess of troopers, especially in the Star Wars sets, and that would be nice to have different variety. How about you? Do you do you edit any Legos? Do you do you paint them? Um. Well, no, but I did. Uh, well, my siblings ordered me like a custom painted figure from a website that like puts your uh, an image of your choice onto the figure's chest. Uh, so they ordered me a figure with like my drawn character onto his chest and they made it look like me i thought that was pretty cool oh that's fantastic that's really nice of them to do that uh, that's really that's really cool yeah um yeah definitely so i made a, a few videos with him as well uh, moving around um so what's your opinion on knockoff lego brands i <laughs> i i i was for a very long time a lego purist i believed that the ones that were coming out from lego were the absolute best and i i i kick myself for not realizing sooner there was a bizarro that came out from lego in the I want to say 2010, 2011, 2012, something like that. Comic-Con, they, they had a, a Bizarro Lego from DC, and I absolutely wanted it. And it was like $200 at that point in time. And I thought about buying it, and there was no way I could justify spending that kind of money on a silly minifigure. And at that time, I started looking into the different custom didn't do it at that time. I should have. I should have just bit the bullet and decided that that was the best way to proceed. But there's something about Lego itself that I just... I want to be loyal to that company, and I feel like somehow the other minifigures are disloyal. And then we went to a convention, I'd say two or three years ago. And at that time, I found a... Orange Lantern Lex Luthor, and that is such an obscure niche in that comic series. Like, I love Lex Luthor, I'm a huge fan of the Orange Lantern, and there is no way that would ever come to Lego. That That's not a thing that can be done, because it's just too many layers. But here these people had it, and I, I bought it right then and there, and I have dabbled since then picking up other very niche things. But... I still won't buy the Bizarro one because Lego has their own. And for some reason, to me, that matters. Is if Lego has it, I want that version of it, not any other version. Even if the knockoff is a better quality or hits on some other aspect of the character that I absolutely like, I really want the original. I really want to have that one. Yeah, I... I get that as well uh well yeah um like wanting to support lego more than the other brands because they kind of 
did it first and better. Um, yeah, I I definitely get that. Um, yeah, I did find that um like guns and things, knockoff brands, definitely uh, print more detail onto them because like Lego can't really print um like actual looking like realistic looking guns because they're like mainly uh, marketing towards kids so I, I definitely found like other brands to cooler looking guns i've definitely found that to be the case as well uh and there uh are some that i've picked up over the years from different conventions that i really enjoy that are, again it's just that niche target and they look just as good they are just as good as the ones that I currently have, and if I were to mix and match them, no one would ever know that, you know, that Iron Man doesn't belong in the set because it looks exactly the same, and it looks perfect, but it's just a mental fixation that I have where I won't let go of that. Like, it somehow feels like it doesn't belong, and <laughs> I'm judging it the entire time. Like, mm, sorry. Yeah, it's... it's um. Yeah, it's definitely hard to um, like enjoy having a figure that looks really cool when you know it's not actually official Lego. And it, yeah, it kind of feels like a betrayal. It definitely does, and I think that that is just something that maybe you and I need to work on. I I don't know. It it I I can see both sides of it because there have been. Legos that I have purchased that aren't in that, you know, $200 range, but they are a little more on the expensive side, or I've gone and supported, uh, like I've purchased all of the games just to get the, just to get the promos. So that way I could have some of the more exclusive stuff. And that is a ridiculous thing to do instead of just getting the cheaper version that looks exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, but speaking of, um, the, the games um uh, do you play any of the lego games i do indeed i am uh, i i've moved away from it some in the last bit i still play uh the lego dc villains is the most recent one that i had i was a big fan of lego dimensions are you familiar familiar with that one uh yeah i played it as well it's, it's really fun Oh, it was it's such a fun game. Tons of comedy. The way that they mixed and matched genres was just wonderful. And some of the sets in there were really fun to have. I didn't expect them to be as fun as they were. Uh, the Teen Titans Go set was <laughs> was surprisingly really funny and really enjoyable. I, I thought I was going to hate it, but I, I absolutely loved it. And um. I think that was the the only way to get a Lego Back to the Future set, which I still have. I really really enjoyed it. That that is a, a wonderful one. For, um, oh my goodness, I got tongue tied there. That is a wonderful one from that as well. Uh, there was another set that came out with them that I really wanted. Uh, I think it was Gremlins. I was just delighted to have the Gremlins as well. A bunch of nostalgia from that era. Mm, yeah. Um. Also, Lego Doctor Who is a really good one as well. I think they did a great job with that, especially in the Doctor Who level, where you go through the whole thing, and then it turns out that Gladys is the bad guy in the end from Portal. Uh, that that was a nice touch. <laughs> really enjoyable. Yeah, I like the way that they um, like they they used the time uh, stuff with the grappling hook and stuff. That was really cool. It it was it was. 
every character, even though you had a lot of duplicates and you could just take one character and go through the entire level and clear most of it, they, there were certain characters that filled a niche, and if you had them, you felt special. And if you had multiples, you got to choose the team that you really enjoyed. And then hearing them interact was fun. Uh, like, I had Scooby-Doo and I had Jake the dog together, and they would both comment about, you know, being dogs. And it's, it's, a, weird, it's a weird interaction that you would never get anywhere else but Lego. Yeah, it, it definitely um, opened up a cool, uh, like, opportunity of getting all the different um, figures from different... Uh, franchises that you wouldn't think lego would even bother making no no i <laughs> i remember the opening scene has them going to oz and batman made a joke about the scarecrow being a villain and <laughs> i i was like i'm not a fan of the wizard of oz i'm not gonna enjoy this and then that stupid joke it it set the tone for the entire game and i was like no i'm on board this is this is way better than I immediately thought it was going to be, and I'm 100% supporting all of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so would you say it's your like favorite game out of all the LEGO games? I, I would probably say that one's high on the list. Uh, I really enjoyed... DC Villains was fun. The very first DC Villains. The newer one, I kind of enjoy. Uh I think it's because of I'm playing one on the Switch and I was playing the other on the Xbox, and that's just my game preference. Uh, and then I really enjoyed the first Lego Star Wars that they introduced. That blew me away. Same thing with Indiana Jones. And I was a real big fan of Lego Pirates of the Caribbean. I completed that 100%, and I don't think I've ever done that on another game. But I was really into Pirates at the time. Still really into Pirates, but not as much. Uh, and... So that was a really enjoyable game, but of all of them, I would have to say Lego Dimensions is probably my favorite because it mixes and matches a lot of different genres. You get different gameplay every time you go through. You have unique characters that you get to choose. And on top of that, it was a fun setting. Having, okay, now we're Marty McFly and we're running around and now we have to build the DeLorean so that way we can continue. That's that's smart. <laughs> that is a beautiful thing to do. It becomes interactive. We get to build the actual Lego pieces that they want. And yeah, I, I can't, I haven't even added those into my collection. I could do so and just use the little bases, but for some reason I keep them all nice and neat, ready to go just in case I ever pick up Lego Dimensions again. Yeah. Um, I really like the the way they did the hoverboard as well. That was really cool. Yep, the hoverboard was fantastic. Yeah, the, um, yeah, definitely the only way they would have printed it as uh, detailed as they did. So how long have you been collecting Lego for? Uh, that, is, <laughs> that is that is a rough question. Uh, I've been collecting Lego most of my life, so I'd say 30 years, uh, 34, something like that. I, I don't know when I got my first set. But I remember my uncle had Legos growing up, and he left them to me, and I had that early set from the original Lego way back when. And those got mixed into a giant tub of Legos that we had, just slowly accrued over time. 
And then I moved away from it. And then after college, I went home to visit and I saw them again and they were getting ready to be thrown out. I was like, no, I really want those still. And so I took all the Legos that were there that had been accrued by me, my two younger brothers, my younger sister and cousins and all of that. And I went through them and just got rid of all the things that had been trashed over the years, tried to repair the ones that I could have some of the original Batman from the first series that came out that I've been trying to slowly redo in particular. I think Two-Face got really messed up when I first had him, but it was that little piece of my childhood that I really enjoyed and having the ability to still use that was really exciting and having it be DC and Marvel, which I'm already super into and occasionally collect things from meant that I had an outlet for something from when I was a kid that I could still do now. And it slowly became an obsession after that point in time. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely like a very special thing to a lot of people because um, it's for all ages, so they can like people can enjoy it for um, their whole life, basically. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I had a friend who. Uh, when he had his son, was really excited about getting back into it, and I had a huge box of Bionicles that my brother was really into, but I never enjoyed. That wasn't It didn't hit me at that time when I was growing up, so Bionicles didn't mean the same thing to me, but I gave it to my friend to use with his son, and seeing those two generations playing with the same toys that I had used when I was growing up, and knowing that that will continue was really cool. And I think that speaks volumes to the staying power of something like Legos. Yeah, and that that probably goes back to the not wanting to buy uh, the knockoff stuff because, like, um, you know that Lego's been around for a lot longer, and it's like the the one that people will remember a lot uh, for a long time after as well. I think you're probably right. Brand loyalty does go a long way, and. <laughs> Even though uh, there have been some sets that I think were missteps or they do fall in the same niche. Like, I really wish, Lego, if you're listening, please stop putting out a vehicle every time you make a set. I have too many vehicles. I would really like more buildings in the DC. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I feel like uh, you do want that loyalty. You do want to have that brand loyalty and you do want to patronize people who have made your happy memories yeah definitely um so um do you have any like super rare lego sets uh the sets themselves no i, I don't have any that are really rare I, I try my best to go through and purchase when the new dc when the new marvel come out the different sets that they have and you know just get one of each I haven't done that in some time, though. Uh, I've been spending my money elsewhere. But I do have one or two figures that I really like. Uh, <laughs> one is from a Lego Batman book that they put out uh, a few years ago. And it is a Lego Batman pirate from the Pirate Verse in, in DC. And I was like, all right, that's funny. It has both of my loves, piracy, uh, piracy and Batman put together in one, I, so I have that one. Uh, there are a couple other ones, like uh, I've got a, 
uh, a, a Superman where he's dressed as Clark Kent, but you can see the uh, his shirt is slightly open, so it has the Superman underneath, and I really like that as well. A lot of them are just the exclusives that I've picked up from different games. The The old Lex Luthor, I absolutely love the Lex Luthor and the Kryptonite Paddler suit when that first came out, when the first Lego DC game was released. And then, like, you know, I have Iron Patriot, which is the red, white, and blue Captain America, oh, no, uh, Captain America-esque Iron Man. I really like that one. Uh, so uh, th there's a lot of the, the exclusive ones that... I think they brought enough too that I really just want to hold on to those or they don't feel as generic as some of the other like, okay, this is just another Iron Man suit. Okay, this is just another Captain America suit. They felt a little more special. Yeah, I, I definitely um, agree with you on like the the um, collecting the um, rarer figures and um, leaves more of an impact and uh, uh, yeah, definitely, because they're they're really special and memorable. Um, because you know that, like you're saying, not many people have this. I I think that's part of it is that I think no one has it, but the other part is just that I feel like those are really well made. Sometimes I I think I have a Plastic Man or a Martian Manhunter from one of those sets and. I was disappointed with one of those exclusives just because later on they brought back, I think it was Martian Manhunter. They brought back a better Martian Manhunter and I was like, oh man, now mine doesn't look as cool and I don't like the aspects here and I can see where they fixed it and I like this. Or they've done some of the old comic era versions of like Cap and Iron Man and the Hulk. I don't really like those ones particularly. For me, the... Iron Patriot just has really nice lines on it, and the coloring is nice, and it just looks super cool. It's the type of thing I would want to display. So, uh, I think I think that's the bigger portion for me. It's it's not the exclusivity of it. It is that that's just more visually appealing. Yeah, that's that's also a, a big part of it as well. Um, but uh, that that actually reminds me of something that um we talked about in the first episode of the podcast um about uh, lego blind bag things because um the printing on those is a lot more detailed and higher quality because they're just focusing on focusing on the minifigures rather than the big sets that they're in i completely agree with that and i'm glad to see that they've started to do the thing that i begged for for so long uh by doing the superheroes in the little blind bags because I was like, this is this is a niche they're miss they're super missing here, especially because they started doing the Disney ones. I'd say forever ago. I'm not sure how many years ago that was, but they started rolling those out, and I was like, they need to do these for Marvel and DC. It just makes sense. There's a huge cast of characters you're never going to get to, and there are ones in those that are just really really nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I I really like that they also include like really not well known characters in them as well if they're dc or marvel like ones that wouldn't be in the movies or anything uh that is really nice uh one thing i will say about because uh, i feel like we got really lucky with lego batman being as good as it was like we ended up with a cavalcade of characters from that uh calendar man is one that i really was excited about uh and other ridiculous characters so it is nice to see them slowly trying to integrate 
some of the more obscure properties. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. So, what would you say is the, like the biggest uh, set that you'd have? I think the one that I had that was the biggest was either. See, there's like three that just immediately pop into my head. There was uh, the Bat Cave that came out uh, six, seven years ago that had Clayface and... No, no, it didn't have Clayface. It had Mr. Freeze, I think. I'm not sure. One of the Batman Batcave sets was just massive in size, and I really enjoyed it. But uh, because everything wasn't locked down, it was a little more freeform. There is an ancient Egyptian set where you built a pyramid, and it had this huge base that I really liked, and it had a lot of layers to it that I really enjoyed. And then if not one of those two, I'd have to say the only other one that I could think is probably the biggest would be uh, the Queen Anne's Revenge from Pirates of the Caribbean. The it, It's the ship that uh, Blackbeard is on, and that one was impressive in size and very detailed. I was very surprised how much I enjoyed that one and how big it was cool yeah um so how long do you think it would have taken you to build that uh, <laughs> i think that one took uh, a few hours but that was very start and stop i i just would you know focus in on some portions of it and then go back through i think the egyptian scent took about an hour maybe two again it's just because when i start going I, I like to just do as much as i can but then I have to step away because uh, you can't just sit the whole time doing that. I try not to. But I've done so many of them that after a while it just becomes intuitive, you know, just going through and getting them done really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like muscle memory at that point. I, I agree with that. There's been a couple of times where as I'm building, uh, I've gone through and I'm like, oh, they're doing that again. Or... I've gone through and I'm like, man, I really wish they would have done it this way instead. Uh, thinking back to older sets that I've put together. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, re I really like how they like always have similar methods to uh, putting together certain parts so that it makes building things a lot easier when you do it frequently. <laughs> it is very nice. Yeah. Um, so do you like... Uh, collect just uh, pieces and then build your own uh, mocks? I haven't done that in some time. Uh, I was collecting a bunch of pieces because, I, again, I have a huge tote that just has a bunch of random Legos from over the years, and I was going to do something with that. Uh, I thought about doing an entire desert scape or a cityscape or a huge bat cave because uh, there was, I think... 15 years ago, something like that, there was two gentlemen who put together a 100-pound bat cave that had to be broken into two separate pieces to be moved that had rotating platforms and lighting, and I was like, that's what I want to do with my time. I, I, want, I want to devote a bunch of my time to Lego uh, bat cave. That, that's, that's where I'm at in life. And I really enjoyed the idea of doing that. But... Beyond that, I haven't really built many independent things. Uh, I, I feel... I, I Occasionally, I will modify the different vehicles that come in and remove things that I don't think make sense or replace them with a better weapon or a better 
accent or better stickering in some areas, but overall, I tend to keep them the same. Uh, I, I was much more creative when I was younger, and I really enjoyed that. And occasionally, I will go through and build with those free-floating Legos that I have. But overall, I'm I'm not really, uh, I'm not really doing that as much as I should. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I definitely like to stick to the instructions that I'm given. To cause, yeah, because I'm I'm not great at um just building off the top of my head, but uh my brother is better at that <laughs> than I am. So I'd ask him to build like sets and things for videos that I'd make. Oh, that is fantastic! I'm glad that you have that. My younger brother Thomas uh, was really good at that. He, when he had them, he was very creative, and he would use them and integrate them with other toys that he had in order to build more complete worlds while he was playing. And I was like, man, that's that's something I wish I could continue to do, but I don't, I, I don't have that anymore. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever had it to be honest. <laughs> well, I, I think that that's the joy of Lego is that if you are a stickler and you want it to be exactly by the book that's what lego is to you if you're someone who has that extra creative outlet and you can see what legos can become that's what lego is to you if you're someone who just wants to build things up and then break them apart that's what like it, it, it is so many different things in one it, it is a sandbox in itself it is the world that you get to make and i don't think there's one right way to do it i i'm envious of some of the people who can do it the other ways but I don't think that the way that I enjoy Lego is wrong either. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I think that's why there are so many different um, smaller communities inside the, the Lego overall community. Like there's the stop motion side of it, and then there's the custom figures side, and then there's like the in-between of like um, uh, mocks and stuff. I agree with it. I think that all of that is absolutely acceptable and all paints a better picture of lego overall because if you create a stop motion and i like the aspects that you've put in that or a minifigure that you've used in that from a customs that i'm going to purchase that custom and then who knows what i'll do with it maybe i'll put it in a display and then someone sees that display and they get creative and they want to build something else and i think that that's great that that we all are part of that we're all bricks we're all bricks in that community and we get to build that bigger picture yeah definitely um yeah like the the communities kind of all come together in different aspects it is it is nice to see i really appreciate some of the people who've taken their time to do uh, brickopedia i absolutely love brickopedia and i love going through and seeing well what comes next for this set or what comes next for that set and going through and comparing the different types of Legos and the different sets, the different outfits for the different characters. It's just nice to have someone completely make a database of that information. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like the, yeah, like forums and stuff as well are pretty cool. And then like Reddit Lego stuff is also really cool to see that there's like uh, Lego memes as well. Uh, I will have to look into Lego memes. I have not seen Lego memes as of yet. Uh, yeah, there, there's quite a few of them on Instagram and Reddit, so I'd, re I'd recommend those. They're pretty funny. I will definitely have to look. Um, 
So do you watch the like the stop motion videos? I, I do. I've seen some of them. Uh, I've seen several over the years and I've enjoyed them. Uh, I'm not as up to date on them as I'd like to be. I'd have to take the time to get more familiar with that. Uh, what was the one that I saw? I think the very first one that I saw was someone had done Call of Duty and it was through Legos. And I was just amazed by how wonderful that was. The sets, the different people being attacked and then slowly transitioning to other aspects. And it was just a fight to the finish. And it was absolutely beautiful. Uh, Then, of course, I've seen some of the bigger productions like... I think it's Jack White. Uh, the White Stripes, they did a fell in love with a girl and they used Legos to create the music video for that. And I remember seeing that and being absolutely enthralled as well, that there are so many different things that can be captured. You can use the figures the way they're intended to be. You can just use the bricks themselves to create the stop motion. And it was really neat to see. And I... I trying to think of the one i watched most recently but it has been some time cool yeah and it it goes back to um like what lego is to that person like um and we were also talking about in a previous podcast episode that um uh, it's a lot easier to like for people who enjoy filmmaking to like share their tell their stories through the eyes of a lego figure i think that now in particular with everything going on with corona uh that is probably the best way to tell your stories if you are stuck inside and you don't get to see many people i think legos is probably the perfect medium to slowly come up right now and i wouldn't be surprised if we see an uptick in videos of that you do get a lot more creative control uh and you do because I, I know for I I have no drawing ability, uh, and so if I was to do a video, I would probably use Legos as well, uh, to to illustrate that entire thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Legos is actually a, a great way of um, self expression. I've found. Uh, I I've used them for everything. We've used them for uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, miniatures and that game to illustrate distance and space so that way okay here's the dungeon made entirely of lego and then here's your characters uh it was a rough outline and it worked really well this lego is just so versatile it can be used for so many things yeah and um speaking of dungeons and dragons um do you want to talk a bit about your podcast that you do uh, <laughs> uh we are a, a very niche podcast uh so for the three people listening that are going to be like oh i know exactly what that is uh thank you thank you three people uh we are an uh, a D&D podcast we're not an actual play like critical role or some of the others we are what npr would be if it wasn't D&D we're set in the Eberron campaign setting and so we go through as characters, and we talk about the daily news. We interview people from across all of Corvair, which is the world of the setting. And we have different guests on. We've had uh, a Steve Irwin type come in and do a menagerie of monsters, where he sat down and talked to us about different monsters in the game, as though we had them right here in the booth. And (laughs) we are ridiculous. Uh, That is a Chronicle of Echoes. Uh, That is the name of our podcast. 
and it is again super niche and for the three people thank you sounds really interesting to um yeah because i really i really like like the niche kind of podcasts um because they're they're the more unique ones than the like generic kind of ones that are kind of mainstream there are a lot of actual play podcasts and i think that if you are an up-and-coming podcaster trying to find your way in that world it can be a lot and that's why we went a completely different way and because i could see me sitting around with a group of people playing and then putting all of that up but there are so many of those and i wanted to leave my mark in a completely different way and so we decided to try this podcast that we're doing, and it's super fun. And we get to expand on the world in ways that other people don't. And on top of that, uh, we, we're going to try and bring in new things. We're, we're going to do a segment called Tiny Taverns, which is our version of NPR's uh, Tiny Desk Concerts where they have someone come into a tiny desk and then perform. And we're going to have musicians from in-game come onto that. So these are people who play as bards or play as musicians, and they write their own music for D&D, and they don't have that outlet, and we want to give them that outlet. We want to give them a space where they can come on and perform, and then people get to know them better. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, nice. Um, so, um... Have, have you had many musicians on already uh we have not uh that is a th we, we are a very new podcast uh the musician aspect is something that we are working on behind the scenes right now we have several uh who are up and coming and i'm hoping that they will be a part of that i know we have three or four actual play podcast bands locked down at the moment uh but i'm not going to say any names and then we are trying for some actual bigger names who play D&D as well, because it's, it's such a beautiful experience. And getting to fold real-world things into a game that you're already playing is nice. It, it gives more variety. Yes, music exists in this world, but how does it exist? And what does music look like in that setting? If you were to have dubstep in Dungeons & Dragons, what would it be? Well, it would be them using magic to create the sound instead of using the different machines. And I think that that is a really cool way of looking at things. And so I'm really, really excited to slowly work that into the the main storyline that we are trying to tell. Yeah, sounds very um, unique and creative. Well, thank you. I'm just absolutely delighted to start listening to yours. Uh, I'm glad that I'm getting in right here on the ground floor so that way I can get caught up because... Uh, the worst is when you find a podcast that you really like and you're like, okay, I'm going to listen to it right now. And it's like 400 episodes. You're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we talked about uh, brick filming and custom figures and different uh, smaller communities inside of the, the overall Lego community. But um, are there any other smaller communities that you're a part of? There is so many communities I'm a part of. Uh, I'm I'm terrible when it comes to hobbies, and uh, I just, I, I go through phases where I'm like, all right, this is my new hobby, and then I pick it up for six months, eight months, and then once I get caught up on that hobby, I immediately start another hobby, uh, which is why the Legos have not been as prominent in, in uh, recent <laughs> recent months, 
because I have rolled into several others. Uh, there is a project for people who enjoy modifying and uh, enjoy gaming. Uh, it is called Gaslands. I really absolutely love. It is uh, you take matchbox cars and then you modify them and then you compete in death races with them. It has a bunch of uh, dice rolls and movement templates where you can go different directions and you can design the courses however you want. And the most that you're going to end up paying for a matchbox is like a dollar. And then from that point in time, you can customize it however you like to look, however you want, which I think is another good aspect of, of a staying type of game is that you get to customize it however you want. I've seen people who've done them post-apocalyptic, so a lot of rust, a lot of big guns jammed on, iron plating on the sides, and then I've seen people who've done them more futuristic because that's another aspect of the game that doesn't get touched on, and I am the weirdest of all because all of mine have been uh, franchises. They're all advertising trucks that people are trying to put into these death races just just to promote their multinational corporations. <laughs> so uh, that is one that I recommend for anyone who enjoys uh, painting minifigures. Maybe painting cars is also one you would enjoy. That sounds really interesting, yeah. Um, before I came across uh, Lego sets and stuff and got really into Lego... Um, when I was really small, like probably four or five, all I played with was Matchbox uh, cars. So I think, yeah, I'll definitely look into that. That sounds really interesting. Uh, it is great. Uh, and that's why, like, I wish I had some of the ones from when I was a child, because I know that there are some that I beat up and messed up that would be perfect for this game. Uh, and then you have a lot of things that you can 3D print or order for different guns that go on there and customize there's a lot of options, and uh, like I've taken ones that I'm working on right now, where it's you know the, the it's the burger company. It's got a big burger on the back, and it looks really nice and pristine. And then I have a later on version after it's been grabbed by people. You know, it's been decommissioned. It's an older version of the exact same car, but instead I've got flamethrowers through the hamburger, <laughs> and it just it, it, it's a very different look for that vehicle. Because uh, that, that's what I was like, well, what happens if these big franchises were to, you know, lose one of their vehicles and it becomes just a roving warband, a giant hamburger <laughs> with flamethrowers? Uh, so uh, that has been fun for me. Cool. Um, so you were talking about the futurist key kind of ones and then the post-apocalyptic type, but um, what kind of um, type of cars would you like to paint? Uh, I, I've done both of them uh, I have uh, so the gasland setting is one where it is mix uh, a mix of both there are people who have the access to the future tech uh, in the major cities and then there are roving gangs that live in the wasteland between them it, it's your typical you know uh, dystopian future <laughs> type setting uh, and I've done some that I really enjoy that are very sleek and elegant designs and I've put a lot of time into painting them. I've put a lot of time into just little accents on them, and they look so nice. But then there's the ones that I've just taken a hammer to and beaten up different sections of it, and it looks like it has been through heck, and the paint job with the rust is perfect, and the way that the windows are cracked, 
I've, I've taken the time to, you know, break them in specific ways and then board them up. It, I, I really enjoy both aspects of it because you get really nice clean lines on the futuristic stuff, but you get some very innovative goings over on some of the ones when you're doing that post-apocalyptic. Cool. Um, so it's kind of like a real-life Rocket League. <laughs> That's very much how it felt. Uh, one of the ones that I've also wanted to do is I've started one that uh, is similar to an old, old cartoon called Wacky Racers. <laughs> where I, I want to take a bunch of different vehicles from pop culture, uh, the DeLorean from Back to the Future, uh, the Supernatural car from uh, the Impala from Supernatural, and then like Steven Universe's van. And I want to update them so that way they look really nice. And then I want to put them through that post-apocalyptic and just beat them up so that way they have both aesthetics they look like oh okay that's clearly the steven universe van but what if he was in that world and <laughs> uh th that is yeah again just another niche thing that i enjoy doing that sounds really interesting as well to like uh, take different uh vehicles from different movies and things and then um put them into that kind of world that's cool um well it yeah, I was going to say it started because I had one of the Impalas from Supernatural from a loot crate that I had forever ago. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. I want to display it somewhere. And then I got into this game and I was like, well, what if I instead just destroyed this poor vehicle and made it look absolutely horrendous and put flames off the wheels and all that? Cool. So um, how long have you been doing that for? Uh, I've been doing that for about, I'd say, a year. Uh, last summer, I got really into it when it was introduced to me, because, again, it's super cheap to get into. <laughs> uh, and that was the appeal to me, is that I wanted something that I could do while I was still doing my other hobbies uh, that wasn't going to kill me. And I started doing that, and I've played the game a few times, since then unfortunately with everything going on it has been significantly less but uh it was really fun and i have a few people that i've played with that were very innovative in their designs and it's so cool to see what other people will do because even if you have the same car and the same base the the, the builds afterward are completely different and everyone gets to put their own unique spin on it cool so um how does it work for, like, when they're racing around? Uh, so when they're racing around, uh, you have different things that you can do on your turn. Uh, basically, you have different dice rolls that you do, and those determine how well you do. You either get shifts or you get, uh, oh my goodness, cautions. And uh, so the more shifts you get, the faster you can go, and you can use the bigger templates that they have for movement. And so if I wanted to move a certain amount of space, I'd have to take that template and put it down, roll the dice that determines how my move goes. And then uh, you have rolls for, you know, attacking with your weapons as well. There is range increments that you have with the templates as well. And it's, it, it's really fun <laughs> because uh, the races that we've done have always turned out poorly for everyone involved. Like, okay, we're all doing really well. We're going into the turns. We're making it very far. And then someone will 
crash and then everything just goes haywire from there and it destroys everything sounds like a very fun thing to get get into it it is it, it absolutely is and uh they have the information online for a lot of it uh and again super cheap to get into that's really cool yeah um i highly recommend anyone listening that would be interested in it should check it out anyway um yeah, but um, I'll, I'll leave a link in the description to your podcast as well so people can check it out. Well, I greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. No problem. Um, thanks for coming on the podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure, and uh, I'm glad that I got to come on here and talk. Hey, thanks for watching and or listening to this week's episode of the Nothing But Bricks podcast. Once again, there will be a link to Stephen's podcast in the description, so definitely go check it out. Uh, subscribe if you're new, leave a like if you enjoyed, and share the podcast with your friends if you think they like Lego too. That's all for this week.